Welcome to season three of Haunted Hometowns, your weekly true crime paranormal podcast. My name is Blake Lambert Hack, and this season I will be covering deaths and hauntings in Salem, Massachusetts, with a different special guest every week. Tonight I am joined by the one, the only, the one and only. <laughs> He's been on the first episode of the first two seasons he um he's a singer he writes music his name um i think last time i just didn't say it at all and when i was editing it i was like oh i really just don't say it <laughs> well i mean you, you you gotta know who i am by now well you better you better bestie of the pod <laughs> uh it's tire he wrote the intro of this song or the, this podcast. So. Oh my god, I did! I should revamp that. Maybe revamp I'll re- it? Yeah, maybe I'll revamp it for you. Like, just give it a fresh mix. And... Ooh. Yeah. I don't know. Do the people? I don't know. Maybe so. Maybe, yeah. should, maybe a little, uh, little uh, variation. Yeah, I'll give a um, a Christmas version. Please. Ching! Ching, ching, ching. <laughs> yeah, and just jingle, jingle bells. bells. Yeah. I Perfect. To that one. Okay. Or like a witchy one, because are we doing witches? This is Massachusetts. Okay, so that's a good, um, that's a good point. What do you know about Salem, Massachusetts? Um, I almost know how to spell it. <laughs> um, I feel like I really don't know that too much about Massachusetts. Those northeastern states kind of elude me a little bit but They're, i know there's some spooky witchy stuff going on there that's true i think it's really funny because before we started this you handed me that eyeshadow palette oh yeah with the hocus pocus yes and um that takes place in salem massachusetts can you switch it to the eight and not the butt looking thing i'm trying should it be that hard to turn? Oh, there we go. Okay. There, that's much better. Now you can hear it? Yes. Okay. I was like, you seem so far away. I was like, that's <laughs> because I recorded this just myself the other time. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Much better. I'm not going to redo the intro. But okay. Now we have you. Yeah. Full voice. I just said, like, I'm breathing on the mic. I'm doing, like, the Helga Pataki. <laughs> the little kid. Yes. Oh. Oh. Is that me or you? Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> Just a little tuning fork. That's okay. All right. We have so much audio equipment Literally. in this room right now. Yeah. <laughs> what's ringing, what's flashing, <laughs> all of the... Okay, Salem, Massachusetts. You think of witches. Mm-hmm. True. It gives witches. It gives... Absolutely. Puritanical... Uh, yes. Um, you know, just a very... You can't do anything but work. Ooh. Maybe. Is that... You know what? Sure. 
Oh, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just guessing. I'm guessing so hard because Blake hasn't told me what this episode is really about. No, not even a little bit. So um, fine. So fine. You get a real reaction. <laughs> well, for the people who have not listened to any episodes of this podcast before, so they do not know who you are, do you believe in ghosts? Ooh, I do believe in ghosts. I believe in them more and more every day, <laughs> even though I will never, I've never been visited by one. Um, you want to be visited like a Christmas carol? Like, yeah. You want them to show up one by one? Yeah. I want them to torture me in my dreams at night, and then I wake up with a fresh perspective. Nice. Uh, just Sounds the way lovely. that Jesus intended, right? Yeah, that's, that's what Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> that's what Christmas is all about. There's no baby Jesus on my tree. It's just the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. Because <laughs> that's all I need. Every time a bell rings, an angel... <laughs> Uh, wakes from a frightening nightmare. Lovely. Mm-hmm. I'm into that. That's my Christmas dream. <laughs> so, you believe in ghosts. You have not been visited by any. Mm-mm. Do you believe in witches? Do I believe in witches? Yes, I do. I think I think we can like tap into tap in and control certain aspects of like the physical world i think so nice yeah okay we will not be talking about witches today damn it (laughs) i know it's salem massachusetts and i am gonna say half of this season is about the salem witch trials okay how could it not be Mm -hmm. i think like 19 people died because of those trials so i didn't realize it was that many yeah (laughs) it was a good chunk a lot more were can like suspected or convicted or whatever but only only quote unquote 19 died um and not only women contrary to belief men died as well because of it so that's a little fascinating but we'll get into that farther into the further into the uh season but tune in yes the way i'm doing this season is that it all takes place in salem but i'm gonna do it by date so uh the story we're talking about today actually takes place before the Salem Witch Trials. The Salem Witch Trials were like late 1600s. I was going to say like So this is like old, old, what okay. you and I are going to be talking about. But then it'll be the Salem Witch Trials and then it'll be stuff that happens after the Salem Witch Trials. So. I'm ready. Ooh, this is going to get really <laughs> like primordial. Like this is going to get some, or maybe not, I don't know. <laughs> well, tonight... We will be discussing the Dorothy Talby trial. Ooh, okay. You're a friend of Dorothy, right? <laughs> I've met her once <laughs> or twice. Um, yeah, this takes place before the Salem Witch Trials and in 1638. Oh, okay. So the Salem Witch Trials were... I think 1692 or something like that. I can't mm. remember off the top of my head. But 1638, we're not a country yet. Ugh. It's just a bunch of people living on the ocean. On shore. On shore. I feel like that's what it is right now. <laughs> it also just kind of gathered here. We're all just trying to survive. <laughs> Dorothy Talby lived in a colony called the Colony of Massachusetts Bay that was founded in 1630. 30. So this is only eight years after they all started living in that area, in the Massachusetts-Boston area. Okay. Um, because Massachusetts didn't become a state until 1788. So 
before the colonizers boated over, <laughs> there was a handful of indigenous tribes living in the area, including the Massachusetts people. Mm. And the Massachusetts Bay Colony was the third colony to sail on over to what is now known as the United States of America, obviously. If you don't know where Salem is, it's basically a suburb of Boston. So these people who sailed over kind of settled in what we now know as Boston. Right. Approximately 90% of the indigenous population in the Massachusetts Bay Area died from diseases mm-hmm. brought over from Europe. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> we brought you influenza. Oh my God. Like 90%. That's insane to me. No, no that's like actually tragic. Right. Yeah. And the main culprit being smallpox, but um, measles and the flu mm. also made an appearance. They made several points as well. Oh my God. But... I went off. I said influenza. Look at me knowing things. You know your history. <laughs> I know my history. I know when people have been trampled. You okay. know your deadly diseases. Yeah. Um, obviously there was war as well, but the disease... The diseases did most of the damage Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to death of indigenous people in that area. Uh, But the wars led to the peace uh, peace treaties between the tribes and the colonizers. So Dorothy's case happened only eight years after moving across the Atlantic. So I'm glad, you know, Europeans brought over murder and disease to (laughs) the new world. Oh my gosh. Wait, so Dorothy was on one of these boats? I don't think she was on the original, the Mayflower or whatever that okay. like sailed on the over. But she was close behind. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just shitting on Europe right now, but as you know, <laughs> I, my European husband is out there somewhere. Yeah, so. waiting for you. He's like, "Why are you saying all these terrible things?" That was I don't know what European. I was giving you vague. I was giving you just so you could just pick your, a yeah 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 <laughs> any of those. Take topics. your pick. Um, yeah, because I don't know where he'll be from, but mm-hmm. could be Spain, could be Germany, mm-hmm. and if you're listening, hit me up. <laughs> Now this is a love connection now. <laughs> All right, this podcast has now turned into Why Won't You Date Me? <laughs> yeah, uh, DM me at uh, blamberthack on Instagram. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> uh, not to get too bogged down in theology, mm. but after King Henry VIII died, there was a massive revamp of the Church of England. However, many believe the government and the church didn't go far enough and still felt the Catholic church was corrupt. Mm, okay. It's like it's still corrupt today. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I wonder <laughs> if they ever got to the bottom of that. Uh, so the people, they decided to leave their homeland, sail to America, and start their own churches. And these people are called Puritans. They didn't break from the English church, but they wanted to reform it. Mm-hmm. Which is a slight difference from pilgrims who completely left the Church of England. Oh, okay. Which I found fascinating. I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't think I really knew that the slight difference there. Right, the okay. little sling. Yeah. So pilgrims came over first, and they're the ones that like settled in the Virginia area. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones that said, fuck the Catholic Church, fuck King Henry VIII. Completely done with Goodbye. it. Goodbye. Yeah. Whereas the Puritans came, like I think, like 10 years later, and mm-hmm. they didn't want to completely lose their faith and stuff they just wanted to reform it they want yeah okay yeah so they're the puritans 
at the height of the Massachusetts Bay Colony, there were around 20,000 people living around Boston. Oh, wow. Making it the most successful of the New England colonies. For those geographically challenged, like I said, Salem, Massachusetts is a suburb of Boston, so it's like 25 miles out of Boston. So when the colony in Boston started to grow and expand, like groups of people would branch out and start living in more of like the farmland at that time. So that's kind of how Salem began. The people in Boston were like, we need to like, everybody's got to branch out. We need more land. Mm -hmm. We can't all live in a city. And it's like, well, okay, we could, but (laughs) do your own thing. Live off the grid if you need to. Exactly. (laughs) So a couple of different groups headed North and settled on an inlet of the Atlantic they decided to call the town Salem, though it was originally named. I'm, I hope I don't butcher this. Uh-uh. It was originally named Namkiage, after the indigenous okay. people living in the area okay. and the river nearby of the same name, and that name meant fishing place. Oh, okay. which is nice. Yeah. Um, but then they renamed it to Salem, which means peace. I mean, it probably was peaceful beforehand. At the time, maybe. But okay, all right. And that's so funny because I don't think of... Yeah, I don't think of Salem as a peaceful thing at all. Like, nothing puritanical do I think of as peaceful necessarily. No, not even a little bit. Like, just violently, militantly God-fearing. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but okay, work. <laughs> Salem. I think it's just setting anything up if you're like... I'm gonna, you know, Titanic. Yeah. This book is unsinkable. Well, guess what, bitch? Exactly. You're not. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, flashback to the the very first episode. I know, the very first episode. Oh my god, unsinkable. Naming that uh, theater fireproof. Yeah. And it just isn't. And it just wasn't. <laughs> if you want to know what we're talking about. Season one, episode one. Ew. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so they called it peace, and as we will soon find out, it was not peaceful. And again, this was eight years after the colony started, so it did not take very long to not no. be peaceful. <laughs> um, and I bring all of this up because Dorothy Talby was a deeply religious woman, mm. as they all were, or most of them were. She was highly respectable in the church in Salem, as was her husband, John, and their six children. Mm. John was awarded 30 acres in Salem, which is why they moved to America. So they were part of the church reform movement type thing. Okay. But I think they made the decision to finally move after John was given 30 acres. Right. Which, yeah. I know. would do it. Give me land, sure. Six kids. <laughs> they need Just space send to them grow. Out, send them outside. <laughs> Go dig a hole somewhere. Please. Get out of my house. In 1638, I can't turn the TV on. <laughs> I can't give him a phone. Go, go, <laughs> go! Poke the the rolling or the little the wheel stick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is? Yeah, that game. Yeah. What the hell called. is that game? <laughs> Never want to play it. So I don't know. Like they couldn't have just put together um, cornhole. <laughs> that could have been. They could have. It was right there. <laughs> Their sixth child was named Difficulty. <laughs> Please. <laughs> what why oh my god i can't yes that was her name difficulty um 
That's so fucked up. Out of the six children, she was the only one born in the new world, quote unquote. Okay. Uh, I wrote, why John didn't veto that name is beyond me. But uh, apparently names back then, like difficulty was kind of, I don't want to say difficulty the name was common, mm-hmm. but naming children what we think is odd names was common. So like okay. other examples, um, there was a girl named Remember. Oh, that's kind of sweet, yeah. though. Uh, yeah, remember? There was another uh, provided. Okay. Yeah. We're just getting... <laughs> also past tense, why? Yeah, what is why that? Why provide? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like providence or like, you know, like yeah. like virtues yes. or, you know, things like that. But like difficulty. <laughs> Damn, girl, your your parents did not care for you at all. No, right out, <laughs> right out the gate. Let's name her Difficulty because yeah. she won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> that poor girl. <laughs> like, well, I mean, what? your friends are remember provided an experience, but your name's experience. Difficulty. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's like okay. Can I talk about really quick how yes. on um, Franklin they always I always <laughs> talk about this. Um, uh, Franklin, that kids TV show, they were like giving them all cool nicknames and then they named the bear Snacks and they were like, come on, Snacks, let's go Snacks. And he was like, I don't like it when you guys call me that. <laughs> like, that's not who I am. No, that's... Difficulty. That's, snacks is such a weird nickname. Yeah. They were all like, swimmer or like hops because you're so good at swimming. Right. And you can hop really high. And then snacks, because what? You, you can never eat. stop fucking eating You just snacks. love a Tostito. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh so difficulty. Yeah, difficulty. <laughs> um, I think it's just funny because her father's name is John. And you know there's like 8 million Johns in the world, especially right. from England. And oh, it's course. like, so I, I'm, I'm all for the, we're starting someplace new. Let's not continue to name our children William and John mm-hmm. and all that other stuff. Something unique. All for it. Fair. Difficulty is not it. It's, you could, let's, let's check the drawing board. Let's go back. Uh, for all intents and purposes, the eight of them seemed like a wonderful family. But little by little, Dorothy became extremely melancholic. Mm. For those who don't know what melancholy is, it was basically an old-time version of like depression. Okay. Like severe depression. Mm-hmm. Not just like, I'm sad today, but like. Right. She could have just probably been hospitalized. Yeah. yeah. In a way we we now can like... Right. Treat and treat, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So much... She was so depressed that she became violent with her husband at first, but then turned that violence towards her children. Mm. And the governor of the colony, John Winthrop, said she was delusional. And she tried to kill her husband and children... And she said she tried because it was revealed to her by God. Oh, no. Yep. <laughs> oh, this is this is good now. I like this. Yeah, she's a... I, we'll get into it. But okay. yeah, she's like, God told me to kill them. And so the governor was like, no, Satan told you to kill them. Like, <laughs> okay. The governor is like, no, you're, God did not tell you to do that. That's fucked up. Yeah. You're... The devil's talking to you, girl. Like, this is not okay. Oh, my gosh. Everyone back then thought that mental illness was directly related to the devil. Mm-hmm. So even if you said it was God or somebody else told you, everyone was like, any kind of mental illness is right. devil worship, devil work, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> We'd okay. all be 
at this day and age. We'd yeah, be. <laughs> we'd, we'd be absolutely haunted and cursed from the goddamn beginning. But exactly. okay. <laughs> like something about not being pure enough or not worthy or something, and that's why you mm. end up dealing with the devil or having mental issues or whatever the case may right. be. Right, having whatever hardships. Right, exactly. You don't pay enough attention to God, and that's why God turns his back on you or some, you know dumb nonsense that they made up back then to of explain course. the same thing that would later make them burn people alive okay cool precisely <laughs> <laughs> so because of this and because of dorothy acting on everything many church members tried to intervene mm-hmm. and like help in any way they could and but it didn't help much so the church elders ended up having to step in and they told dorothy that it sh- like if she didn't stop her behavior that she would be banished from the church. Which back then, being banished from the church, like... That's it for you. That's like telling gays they can't be on OnlyFans anymore. Oh! No! <laughs> Imagine! Yeah. You're you, banished! You are cast out. <laughs> wow. So you have to just... You have to get better by, like, what? Like, reading 50 Bible verses a day... Apparently. And interpreting them because there's not enough God in your life. Satan yeah. is talking to you. And then if we can't help you by tormenting you with the same word of God that's brought you here. Get the fuck out. <laughs> okay. If you're not going to pray more, leave. <laughs> I know. In 1637, Dorothy assaulted her husband. Mm. So she was cast out of the church. So she wasn't she wasn't forced to like leave the town or anything, but the church is like you can no longer come to church, you can no longer worship with us. Mm. That kind of thing. Okay. And she was asked to appear before a court. Which she refused to show up to. So they bound her and chained her to a post until her behavior changed. You know, I'm with her. <laughs> I'm with her on this one. <laughs> yep. Because who knows what, what do we, we don't know why she assaulted. No, I mean, every, again, all of this is from like, so most of this information we get is either from people living in the town mm-hmm. or the governor's own journals that he kept oh. and things like that. Okay. So there might be a little bit bias. I was in wondering, this, like, or... a, there's this time is not without its sexism right. at all. Exactly. So I'm curious, right? What's going down in a house with six kids? Because you know, we have snapped now. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have snapped back in You're Massachusetts, right. 1638, whatever. They didn't have women behind bars. Yeah. They didn't have. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I need the Netflix special on her. <laughs> so in July. Of 1637, she was publicly whipped for what she had done to her husband. Mm-hmm. Which, public whipping is insane to me. Mm-mm. Not only for the idea of like whipping someone in public, like that's horrible in itself. Right. But the fact that they had enough people attending these whippings that they felt the need to do it publicly. Right. Like if nobody showed up, they I don't think they'd ever do it publicly. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm, I'm imagining a world where you, like, leave everything you know to, yes. to be able to 
to live life freely, to live it the way you need to, whether you're being a pilgrim or a Puritan or whatever. And then you just like, okay, let's make an entertainment. Like, let's go to the Super Bowl. Right. Uh, Miss Girl is assaulting her husband, so we're going to beat her up in the town square. Right. Let's beat, let's whip the shit out of her in the streets because, uh, yeah. Because that's how we enforce our God-fearing way. Oh, All right. God. Sorry. Sorry. I don't want to offend any religious folk. Just this time especially was very different. So I'm like, I'm very wary. I mean, nobody listening to this should be offended unless they're personally whipping people or yeah, like that's true. using their religion as a weapon. And if that's the case, you should be ashamed. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to hear it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So after she was publicly whipped, she seemed to have turned around, like her personality seemed to turn around, so they say, mm. uh, but only for a bit, which tells me, like you were saying, in like a 17th century house situation... Maybe she was under house arrest. Like, they whipped her and then said, keep your ass inside. Yeah. So then she didn't have any interactions, interactions with, people. with people. So then to other people, oh, she's getting better. She's not having any outbursts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're, like, stuck in a house all day. I mean, I don't know that for sure, but that's what it screams right. this to me. This is conjecture. We're yeah. just... <laughs> we're, we're reading in between the lines. <laughs> so, that... Everything kind of, like, calmed down for a bit until November of 1638... When Dorothy murdered her three-year-old daughter, Difficulty, by breaking her neck. <gasps> Which she freely admitted to murdering her child. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I wasn't expecting that. That was a little twist, yeah. 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 Oh. Wow. I-K-D-W. I know that's wrong. <laughs> Yeah, that's. I was uh, on her side, but I don't right. Know. I now it's a question mark. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll keep going. Okay. <laughs> so, she murdered her daughter, Difficulty, the youngest, who was only three at the time, and then after she was arrested, she fully admitted to murdering her. Mm-hmm. But then, so freely admitting, you know, usually it takes a lot to get a confession out of someone. So it's kind of like, oh, she's being very cooperative. Now we need to figure out why, you know, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. But after she admitted doing it, she became extremely uncooperative. She didn't help in any way, shape, or form after she admitted doing it. Yeah, why would you? Well, right. (laughs) At her trial, she refused to say anything until the judge threatened to pile stones on her chest. At which point she admitted guilt and said she killed difficulty to, quote, free it from future misery, unquote. Free the daughter from future misery? Right, but she said it. Which oh. I'm not. I don't love that. Interesting. Right. And on top of that, Dorothy refused to repent. So she didn't, like, she didn't show any signs of remorse or regret. Oh my gosh. So wicked. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oof. It's, uh, it's a lot. So she was, like, for... She was for sure, like, tortured mentally. Like, she was going through some things. That's kind of how I feel about it. Um, Like you were saying, how you leave your homeland behind and everything. Mm -hmm. That's a lot to process. 
even if you want to do it mm-hmm. and you're excited to go, right. you're leaving your entire family, like your parents, grand, everybody back across and the Atlantic. And it's not like you can buy a plane ticket at this point And like, <laughs> yeah, just jet a back. few hours later, you're yeah. at home. You know, this is like, you might never see them ever again. Mm-hmm. And so it's a lot to handle mentally. And then getting 30 acres of land that you have to like farm and, you're six, and shit. They have kids. And six fucking kids. And one of them named Difficulty. Oh, wow. So at this point, the colony's laws, if you can call them that, all stemmed from the Bible and the church, of course. Right? It's not a state yet. It's not a country yet. They're all kind of like, each colony has their own guidelines. Yeah. yeah. So the only punishment for this type of crime, regardless if she was a criminal or had mental issues or anything, was death. It was the only, like, legal solution to what happened. Okay. They had to drag her to the gallows, where they hanged her on December 6th in 1638, which the 383rd anniversary of her death is in three days. Oh my god. It's <laughs> a fun little fact. But as she was hanging from the noose, she ripped the cloth hood off and tucked it between her neck and the rope to make it less painful. Dorothy began to swing herself to try and grab the nearby ladder to save from dying, oh save herself God. from dying. But she obviously didn't, didn't. wasn't able to reach it, and she became the third woman executed in the United States. Wow. Right. So... I'm going to give you a little history in hanging. Oh my God, what? That's so morbid. Okay. (laughs) So Dorothy's case was long before the invention of the Marwood drop, also known as the long drop. Mm -hmm. The style of hanging Dorothy was subject to was called the short drop, which means she would have been hanging for 10 to 20 minutes before dying. Now, you know, I know what this is like because... (laughs) Have y'all ever been to Six Flags Hurricane Harbor? Oh. Where they have the ride. It's a super long... (laughs) Not similar, really. (laughs) It's a super long water slide drop, but you get Mm, in that tube. Yes. And then the person that controls it is Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to drop you. I'm going to get you. And then... Actually, the executors are like that. Mm -hmm. They've got the ladder. Yeah. They're like, oh, oh. I'm going to get you. I know what you did to your kids. That is not funny. It's the same thing. Same Same thing. thing. Same thing. I screamed. I don't know if I don't even know even I don't even know if Dorothy screamed. Yeah, I don't know. I did try to put my. No, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, the she was hanging there for around ten to twenty minutes, which is horrible to think about. Which is probably what gave her the enough time to rip the hood off. Yeah. Do all of that. So the short drop was standard for government executions until eighteen fifty. So that way, of, mm. that way of executing people, the short drop, was around for 200 plus years. God. Because they probably didn't care to make it any more comfortable. Well, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> there was, after that or around that same, like near the end of that, there was the method, uh, the pole method, where you'd be tied against a pole where you'd strangle to death. What? So there'd be like a 10 foot pole 
and you'd your back would be against it mm-hmm. and there was like a pulley system and they'd like crank you up the pole and no. then tie a rope around your neck and then you'd like strangle the death that way oh. i don't think, see how that's any better than the short drop no oh my but god after that there was an irish doctor samuel houghton he published findings that suggested a more humane method called the standard drop. This is more what we are used to seeing in movies and stuff like that, mm-hmm. where they have a platform everyone stands on, and then the floor gives out, like Pirates of the Caribbean or something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which, after reading that, Pirates of the Caribbean is not accurate, because they didn't have that kind of... Oh, wow, yeah. Because the pir- that would have been like 1700s, which still okay. would have been the short drop. Yeah. So. Oh my gosh, wow. We just <laughs> take that Disney. Let's call out Disney more often. Yeah, Johnny Depp is going to sue the hell out of us. Damn. <laughs> so, after the standard drop, which is the big, what were you saying, the big gallows, the big platform, everyone drops at one time. Um, then we get the long drop, which improves upon the standard drop, and they measure out the rope around each person's neck and adjust it depending on the person's height and weight. Oh, wow. Okay. This ensures the person's neck would actually break, <laughs> but they wouldn't decapitate them. Okay. So I, th- I think a lot of the times for the standard drop, depending on the person, you know, if they're too heavy or they're too tall or something like that, right? it would break their neck, which is what is what they're saying is the more humane way. Instead of dangling for 10 to 20 minutes and strangling to death, the drop would break your neck instead. Oh my god. So it's faster, I think is the idea of it. Not me trying to figure out what is better. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, party. Party. We love to, yeah. you know, I don't think we love any part of this. No. But this is interesting, though. I love this. So, a couple questions. How do you feel about the death penalty? Oh my gosh, just in general? Yeah. <laughs> um... Because I, mean, I mean, it all started here. They're, uh, mass, this colony, they've only been around eight years. Yeah. And they're already executing people, like legally executing people. I mean, I guess I can kind of understand where they're coming from. Because if at this point you're a small community, mm-hmm. this lady assaults her husband. Yeah. And, you know, is violent with her kids and kills her, one of her kids right i guess like the instinct is to like make her not a problem right but abolish all prisons (laughs) um don't believe in that believe in rehabilitation and i believe that she probably had like some reason that pushed her there right that they just didn't you know they didn't know they don't know anything they They didn't bother to find out right right so i'm like not a fan yeah. of the death penalty. Well, there are currently 27 states without capital punishment. Mm. There are eight states that have suspended the death penalty. Mm. Nine states have the death penalty, but no one has been executed in 10 plus years. Okay. And then there's 13 states that have carried out executions within the last 10 years. I mean, think of all of the people that have, like, directly or indirectly murdered since then. Yeah. Like, if we killed all of those people, like, yeah, that breeds a different kind of culture. And I guess I shouldn't say states. I Like, 
if you told up what I just said, it's more than 50 states. <laughs> uh, it's like states and territories, I should okay. say. But um, I'm torn because watching the TV show Major Crimes, mm-hmm. which is a spinoff of The Closer, they talk about it in there in the sense that like uh, the nice thing about having the death penalty is that you can use it as like a bargaining a bargaining chip for better lack of better words um for people who did commit like serial murders and stuff like that okay so you can be like well if you tell us everything we'll take death penalty off the table and you'll just serve life in prison okay whereas if you don't have the death penalty as an option it's like what's the worst you can do right they're like well i'm not going to tell you everything because you have life in prison so then your only bargaining chip is like well we won't do life in prison we'll do 50 plus year whatever you know sure. so it's kind of like that's the whole <laughs> bullshit aspect of it in court because i don't yeah. believe in it mm-hmm. but it does come in handy sparkling in that way when it comes to lawyers and court yeah. and stuff so i mean people always there as long as you can scare somebody enough i'm gonna play so much of stones on your chest until you die if you don't tell me what happens right. like of course dorothy told him what yeah you have yeah oh yeah okay <laughs> Now, another twist. Dorothy's husband, John Talby, was excommunicated from the church for, quote, unnaturalness to his wife, unquote, and, quote, much pride, unquote. What does that mean? Exactly. (laughs) Unnaturalness to his wife. I couldn't find anything in, like, 17th century meaning of that, you know, because I'm sure it means something slightly different than what we would think of it as, you know, today. Mm-hmm. But today's standards, it could be anything from, like, conf- uh, not conforming to rules or laws or customs to deviating from a norm. Okay, right. Uh, but towards his wife. So it's like, hmm. that makes me wonder, like, did some domestic shit happened in the house and yeah. or was he talking mad shit about her after she was executed yeah you know? or maybe even like an extramarital affair? right could that, that could be, be too thing? absolutely maybe he was on the down low <laughs> maybe he made up all of this because he wanted to be with another woman and had her murdered mm-hmm. and divorce is not a thing back then oh my gosh get the pen we have to write <laughs> um and then much pride also is like weird to me like you're excommunicated for pride being prideful so it's like did you take like sex satisfaction in her death like i don't oh like or was he like maybe i wonder if he was like justifying trying to be like that was my wife and i loved her or something like that but probably not (laughs) (laughs) i just think it's odd that the church would back him up for the abuse he took Mm -hmm. but then like right after she's dead they toss him out like, yeah i i say right after lucy i think it was a few years later but still like that just seems odd yeah. it calls in question for me like the behavior during their marriage like i don't know if she was defending herself against him mm. and then because he's a man he was like she attacked me that's why i have bruises and cuts on me you know what i mean interesting okay yeah um I also think it could just be a reflection of the church. Like, 
Yeah. Your wife was crazy. And now we would like to not deal Distance with you. ourselves, yeah. Yeah. That could be too, yeah. It, you know, we'll never know. We'll never know. It happened know. like 300 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> oh, this is so humiliating! <laughs> I need the documents. And of course there weren't laws protecting women back then, so if she was being abused mentally or physically or sexually, of course she would of course she'd be depressed right and again like we were talking about leaving your hometown and everything six kids and it's like a lot of stress and pressure and of course she would like act out right i'm not saying kill your kids but um this dog. This, there's a dog above us and she, she's really cute and <laughs> in, in her defense she is goddamn adorable Okay. So the church usually used Eve as an Adam and Eve as an example of being the original sinner, mm, which is why women were put know, in that place. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Dorothy killed her daughter. But for me, like the quote she was saying about the future misery, which is why she killed her. She doesn't want her daughter to go through misery in the future. Mm. It leads me to the quote from um, Great Gatsby. Daisy's quote. Did you read Great Gatsby? I did, but what did what did she say? Uh, near the end of the book, she says, "quote I hope she'll, I hope she'll be a fool. That's the best thing a girl can be in the world: a beautiful little fuel, a beautiful little fool." Oh. Hmm. So, like for me, it's like these women have been through so much. The last thing they want is for their daughters to experience the same kind of trauma. Right. Like she's she has no relief. Right. And yeah. so, like, why raise a daughter? But then she did call her daughter it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So. Uh... I want the truth. <laughs> so the Massachusetts Body of Liberties was written in 1641, which were the first steps in creating law for the colony. Okay. It gave allowance for some specific situations. So it may may or may not have helped Dorothy in her mm-hmm. situation, but she may have been able to use an insanity defense. Right. If this happened three years later. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so, that's so frustrating. Yeah. At the time of her trial, usually the mentally ill were locked up in an asylum, but because she confessed and said God made her do it, the governor decided it was best for the community that she hang. Wow. And in 1691, 53 years later, Mercy Brown, also convicted of filicide, which is murdering a child. Oh, educate me. Um, <laughs> Mercy Brown was convicted in Massachusetts for um, murdering her son. The court had much more understanding for her, and instead of execution, they imprisoned her because of her mental state. Okay. So many historians believe Dorothy wasn't given the same treatment because they wanted to make an, an example of her and like make a statement that this is a woman's place, you know? Oh my God. So if you do not do what women are supposed to do, you will die. Right. Yeah. Also, you mentioned like the alternate of like going to the asylum. Yeah. And we know that's probably not any better. Like right. it's probably even more torture. Right. At this time. Right. Exactly. What at, in her mind, what's better? Is it better to just die or is it better to be tortured for however many years later and mm. then die? You know, mm. it's like, yeah. 
it's rock and hard place. Uh, the other difference between Mercy and Dorothy is that Mercy fully cooperated with the law. Okay. Um, she openly repented her actions. But regardless, they could have treated Dorothy nicer. And all is forgiven. <laughs> it was the 1600s, so I don't know too much more about Dorothy. Okay. John or their kids or anything. Um, and then, like I was saying, most of what we do know came from the governor's journals and the public records. So the events surrounding Dorothy could be a little biased. Yeah, you know, it's for coming sure. from public officials and from stuff. From a man! It's coming from a man! It's coming from a man! So it's a lie. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, that's a Dorothy Talby and difficulty. And difficulty. Wow. But uh, we're going to take a quick break. So don't make laws based on religious beliefs. <laughs> well, we're gone. <laughs> if someone begins to act out of their norm, check in with them. Help mm. them. Make sure they're okay. And let's treat women with respect. Ooh. Brought to you by BetterHelp. <laughs> BetterHelp is a... <laughs> Psych. Listen, BetterHelp, uh, you could have an ad right here if you want, but <laughs> we'll be right back. And you are listening to Haunted Hometowns. I'm your host, Tyre Thompson. And uh, joining me today is my <coughs> co-host. Co-host. Um, Blake Edward Lambert-Hack. Oh, wait. I don't know if people know your middle name. They do now. And we share middle names. So we do. Now they know yours. <laughs> don't you dare Google me. <laughs> We're both very Google- Googleable. Googleable. No one got names like us. No. <laughs> Googleable. And I've never met a Dorothy Talby either. Ooh. Um, So. Good (laughs) tie-in. Good tie-in. Oh, I see what you... Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Dorothy Talby was hanged in the capital of Massachusetts, which is... Say it louder. Oh, was that right? Yeah, it is Boston. Boston. (laughs) Woo! Tire smart. (laughs) Yeah, the capital of Massachusetts, Boston. Um, I'm sure her shitty husband didn't want her body, which is why she's buried wow. in Boston, in the King's Chapel Burial Grounds, located next to, you guessed it, oh. King's Chapel Church in downtown <laughs> Boston. Um, though, however, the graveyard predates the church, so they have no affiliation, which yeah. is kind of fun. They're named the same, but they have nothing to do with each other. That's so weird. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> The, uh, in fact, the graveyard is the oldest in the city, which made it Boston's first cemetery and only cemetery from 1630 to 1660. <laughs> One cemetery for 30 years. Those, I bet that plot of land was overflowing. Oh, there are still about a thousand people buried in a tiny cemetery. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. My favorite fact about this place is that the original owner of the land Isaac Johnson originally used it as his garden and before he died he asked to be buried in his pumpkin patch 
which they honored. They okay. did. They buried him in his pumpkin patch. Okay. But then they continued to bury people in what used to be his garden because uh, it he didn't like nobody owned it after he died. So okay. they just used the space, the plot as a the city's burial. I, do you ground. know if it was still a garden after? That's a good question. <laughs> because I don't know if I want like pumpkin patch do you think i want pumpkin vines growing into my little i mean the bodies would i bet that garden was beautiful yeah decomposing body you know what that's true award-winning pumpkins i bet he had (laughs) (laughs) pull out a pen that's another good plot you come to find out that this woman's award-winning vegetables are because she's burying bodies under her garden Love it. That's a good, that's like a good kid's story right there. I love, mm-hmm. I love that. Okay. No one, st- no one take that. We're no, no, no. That. Uh, trademarked. <laughs> Another fun fact. At the time Dorothy was buried, bodies were kind of just like scattered around. Mm. Like there was no like rhyme or reason as to why bodies were buried and what plot, if you could even call it a plot. They were just kind of like, oh, there's an empty spot here. Let's bury Susie there. <laughs> You know, that kind of thing. Smart, smart. Um, so you may have some in the center. You may have some going, like, diagonally. You may have some on top of each other. Like, it's just oh kind of, like, free-for-all. Until the Victorian era, when graveyards became a recreation destination. What? That's when they decided to clean up the cemetery and make it a lush present and presentable to attract people so they can picnic so they can take walks through the cemetery. You must be out of your mind. <laughs> I mean, I've definitely taken walks through the cemetery to be like, oh, like this beautiful structure or right. like this epitaph is gorgeous. Like, wow. But a picnic? Yeah. Absolutely not. They like made like little paved walkways and little manicured grass areas to have picnics and stuff like that. <laughs> Please. There's beaches. There's <laughs> regular parks. And even one of the gravestones in the cemetery today inspired the book The Scarlet Letter, written by Nathaniel Hawthorne. Oh, look at that. Who was known to wander cemeteries. Of course he was. <laughs> Freak. <laughs> uh, many of the colony's founders are also buried in King's Chapel burial ground, mm. including the governor that sentenced Dorothy to death, John Winthrop. Oh my god. Why did I think you were going to say John Wilkes Booth? <laughs> like, oh my god. What's going on here? No, no, no. John Winthrop, the governor at the time who sentenced Dorothy to die, is buried in the same graveyard as she is. Wow. Just goes to show you. We all die. We all die. We, we're all ending up in the same damn space. Our decomposing skeletal flesh bodies all end up in the ground at some point. Mm. Or in a mausoleum, but still. I left my key in the mausoleum. I do not know that song. You don't? That's Haunted Mansion. <laughs> oh my god, yes. yes, now that you say that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow. I just think of <laughs> the quartet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Oh my wow. gosh. Okay. Well, we'll be watching that later. Okay. <laughs> We're talking about a cemetery. Of course it's haunted. Not only does Dorothy wander the land looking for her daughter... But several other paranormal occurrences have taken place. Mm. We can't say exactly who is haunting the cemetery because there are just so many damn bodies. But if you visit, get ready for chills. Being touched, pushed, grabbed, hearing voices, 
and everyone's favorite seeing apparitions oh yes the floating orbs the we love a floating orb the 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 tiny whispers <laughs> this turned into an asmr podcast that'd be terrifying if you're walking someplace and all of a sudden you just hear yeah i'm like no nope. <laughs> gotta get out of here <laughs> sorry i missed that what can you repeat that or no and this time they'd be like quiet down <laughs> I'm trying to have a nice picnic. My, God? My finger sandwiches. <laughs> God. God. Yeah. No, I, only, I think of uh, anytime someone like fast talks like that, I think of Spy Kids. Spy. Um, oh. <laughs> the, the Spy Kids when yeah. they first come in and Floop is like, they're not quite finished. <laughs> yeah, just like gibbering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my God. To think big, you have to think small. <laughs> nobody knows our references like we do this is but you know what you should learn you should watch it i think it's on netflix go ham i love spy kids hello the dog likes the dog likes spy kids too upstairs you know what that is not the first random noise i've heard on this podcast either hey oh like listening back (laughs) <laughs> no, in the oh, moment, okay. like oh. when I was in Savannah, we were all talking, and something on the floor just slid, like something slid off of something, mm-hmm. and we were all like, "What Ooh, is going on?" Spooky. And they're like, "That's never moved before." <laughs> no, <laughs> really cool. Oh my god! And then I was recording with Nick, and they warned me ahead of time. They're like, "There's an elevator, not like it's kind of outside my door, so when it'll make a bump," and then. Of course, when we're talking, all of a sudden we hear it all like bump, Ding. and I was like, "What's that? What oh, was that?" Oh, it's the elevator. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, okay, pushed, grabbed, hearing voices, touched. If you're in the westernmost part of the burial ground, you may encounter a headless woman. Oh my god! The story goes, I don't know if you're ready for this. Okay, when the woman died. The careless mortician carved her casket too short. Instead of making it another casket, he improvised and cut her head off and placed her head between her legs and sealed the casket before placing it in the ground. No. And she haunts the cemetery looking for her head. So... I'm trying not to laugh. No, but like, first of all, the disrespect. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Second of all, you, you wouldn't just like, couldn't you just like <laughs> fold the legs up or like, like so many things. I would try to Tetris the body right in a in an interesting way that makes it make fit. make her like sit cross legged. <laughs> yeah, just like. Fold the pretzel the legs up. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Nope, cut her head off. And also, get a new profession if you can't make a damn casket be the right size. You're, this isn't the lifestyle for you. You're absolutely... Like, how many caskets have you made before this? Right. You should know how to measure a body and then me- make the right Does a seamstress for- make a dress without getting the measurements? Right. You don't make a floor-length dress, a tea dress... Because you didn't measure correctly. Yeah. I purchased a floor length dress. Yes. Yeah, wild. Um, but her searching for her head, like, fair. Good for her. 
I don't blame her. Mm -hmm. It's not cool. And to put it between her legs, I mean... Sick. Why not just put it on her chest or like... She holds it, cradles it in her arm. (laughs) Like a football. Yeah. (laughs) Like a little clutch. There's also a story of a man being buried alive. Oh. Which wasn't uncommon in the 19th century. He was supposedly buried alive on purpose, though, by family members wanting his land. So the little greedy bitches. So, like, they tried to get rid of him and just... Yeah, and take his land. Yeah. Oh, that's messed up. So a woman in town heard about the him being buried alive and led a group of people to the graveyard to have his body exhumed mm-hmm. but when they looked inside the casket they found the man dead but also found his fingernails destroyed by trying to claw his way out before suffocating oh my god because like what are you gonna do yes we would all do the same thing or get your kill bill on <laughs> and like do the little firm punch thing I would rather ruin my knuckles than my nails. (laughs) You know what I mean? Are you going to go out with rotten nails? No. (laughs) I'm just picturing you in a casket doing the Kill Bill punch. Oh, it'd be so weak. (laughs) The way it wouldn't even budge. The way I'd like... It's just so funny because, okay, let's say you do... Let's say they use a rotting piece of wood or something. Mm -hmm. And you do somehow break it through. You're just having... Six feet of dirt collapse on top on of top you. On top of you, yeah. Which would be even more terrifying to me than, like, slowly losing air. Like, having everything collapse on yeah. you seems worse. Yeah. But even, like, <laughs> as you know, I hate confined spaces. Like, mm. I don't want to say claustrophobic, but, like, not being able to move freaks me the fuck out. Yeah. So, I know I would just have a heart attack before suffocating, like I, <laughs> you'd just be like it's too much yes my whole body would be like this is far too much to handle I'd have a heart attack and then die the stress of it right so then they'd dig me out and be like oh he was dead before we buried him <laughs> <laughs> oh he did for sure die yeah <laughs> but uh burying alive was a huge fear in the 1800s after a sixth month string in England where they found an alarming number of people buried alive and like, that's where they made those, like, bells attached to fingers that ran up to the top. You know what I'm talking about? They, like... No. There was, like, six months in England where they found, like, a crazy amount of people that were buried alive. Okay. And so they started modifying caskets and stuff. So at one point, they'd attach a string to a person's finger, and the string would, like, go all the way up to surface with a bell. Mm-hmm. And so the thing is, if someone woke up, they could move it and the bell would ring. And then a graveyard worker, the graveyard shift would come would and... come over and dig them up. Wow. Um, until they realized that, oh, a, decomp- a decomposing body, of course the bell is going to ring. Right. It's going to move. Right. Bodies like... move when they're yeah. dead. Right. Um, so then they decide to do like an air hole. So then there was just like a little, and then you could hear somebody screaming for help. Or there were some that had, like, window boxes, so you could see the body down the six feet. Yeah, like, wild. That is so scary. Imagine having such an issue with that. Right, exactly. Wow. And that'll happen in the 1800s. So, the story we're talking about is the 1600s. If you're born before that, good luck. There's no way they know. 
I can't imagine the amount of people that were buried alive in 1630 when this graveyard was first, like, started. I mean, they're chopping people's heads off to get them <laughs> underground. Like, yes. there's no precautions. Oh, my God. The later in the day you visit the cemetery, so, like, midnight or whatever, uh, the better chance you have at hearing muffled screams as if they were coming from underground. Mm. And you'll hear more than one voice at a time. Like, all the people that were, like, buried alive. Oh, my God. <laughs> That is, and you giggle. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be so wild. That's so scary. Ah. Uh, um, So yeah, those are the ghosts in that cemetery. So it'd be fun to like visit. Maybe you'll see Dorothy wandering. Maybe you'll see a headless woman. Yeah, I want to see the governor. I want to ask him a couple questions. Yeah, we have. (laughs) You roll out a whole list. Yeah, (laughs) just sit down, John. (laughs) I would like to know. in your journal right here, it says that you didn't think that... You thought the man was too prideful? Right. Uh, please explain that. Yes, like absolutely. A, an Oprah sit-down, a tell-all. <laughs> wow, that'd be really funny. Oprah sits down with dead historians. What is the truth? <laughs> is that a good Oprah? Yes, it was. <laughs> Vitamins. Vitamins. <laughs> Vitamins. Vitamins. <laughs> Love you, Lindsay. Um, I fucking love Lindsay Lohan. Um, I know you. I know you haven't experienced anything that you categorize as a ghost. Um, mm. But would you like to visit a ghost, or a ghost visit you, or would I like a ghost to visit me, or you visit a ghost? You know, ghosts live at that house. Would you go stop by and say hi? You know, I don't know if that's my place. However, <laughs> I will say, like, so. Um, it, the the restaurant I work at now mm-hmm. um, is my little day job thing. Yeah. Um, I have been in the basement, and there's also a third floor that's, like, kind of out of use. Gotcha. Um, and I definitely think that there's somebody in there. Right. And I feel like she's, like, I've entered her space or like entered something, yeah, and just like just like you know like little shifting of wood or whatever, or like some sounds that you can't right um, ascribe like a like a real physical thing to. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna grab a t-shirt <laughs> and I'll be right out of your hair. Right. <laughs> so I don't know if I need to like visit because I feel like I'll be disturbing somebody's resting, but. Uh... But if they're underground screaming, <laughs> and maybe I'm not disturbing anything. No, you're right. Um, but would you visit a cemetery with me? Yeah, sure. We'll put it on Patreon. Oh my god, yeah, perfect. We'll videotape us uh, going to all Chicago's haunted locations. I, I've i walked through a cemetery, cemetery like maybe twice, mm-hmm. and I always get the heebie-jeebies. Like, yeah. the heebity-jeebities are on my skin. If you, like, sometimes if you go, um, well, I, I guess that's a mausoleum where it's, like, above ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can, like, look in sometimes. Yeah. I get the creeps! Yeah. I know that there's, <laughs> like, I, I'm like, I shouldn't be looking in there. I know that somebody's hanging out in there. Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't Absolutely. know. Absolutely. But I would go. Good. Well, we'll have to plan it. <laughs> And we'll throw it on Patreon. So, um, sign up to my Patreon. <laughs> my, I have a quick ghost story Ooh, that I'm happened ready. 
recently, as in two weeks ago. Oh, this is your personal ghost story? Not, I was in the room, but I didn't. Okay, let me get into it. Okay. Um, My family and I were visiting Wisconsin for my cousin's 21st birthday. Mm-hmm. And we rented an Airbnb. There were like, uh, like 10 of us. Okay. So it's like a ranch style. So the, the, when you enter through the garage and you go into the house from the garage, you're technically on like the lower level. Okay. And then the, the main part of the house is on the upper level, mm-hmm. which is where the front door is. Right. That kind of thing. Um, so most of the bedrooms are on the upper level, obviously, because it's the main floor, that kind of thing. But there was one bedroom on the lower floor and the lower floor is finished. So there's like a sitting area. There's a table and chairs in the corner. There's a bathroom. There's the laundry room. And then this bedroom. Mm -hmm. And I was sleeping on the couch and my parents had the bedroom and my mom wakes up super early. As you know, as, as we know, like she's a 5am or she got stuff to do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was in the room, but I was asleep and she was sitting at the table behind the couch I was sleeping on Mm -hmm. and, you know, she was getting ready for the day. She had already showered. She was, she put her makeup on and then she was brushing her hair after curling it. And as she was brushing her hair, the brush pulled down, like someone tugged the brush. Hmm. Like as if someone was like, like grabbing it from her. So she's like brushing her hair and then it's just like hold wow what did she say it felt like that like it felt like somebody else did it yeah she said it felt like someone grabbed the brush from her and tried to take it from her wow (laughs) so that was i think the first or second morning we were there um oh my gosh and then the the night we were leaving everyone had either already left or were in the car ready to go Mm mm-hmm but we forgot a couple of towels in the dryers. So my mom and I ran back in to just like grab the towels and fold them. Mm-hmm. So we were in the laundry room and I was holding or I was getting the bag ready. And then she was pulling the towels out of the dryer. And so my back was turned towards her and she, she said something, I don't made a noise or something like that. And I was like, are you okay? What's going on? She's like, I just felt something like, like hit my foot or something and she's like did something fall out of the dryer or anything and i was like i mean all we had in there were towels and we like looked on the floor and there was nothing mm-hmm. noticeable or that would have caused something to like like feel you know what i mean yeah. and i was like so what did it feel like and she's like it felt like someone just kicked my foot and I was like, okay. <laughs> oh my god. This ghost is trying to fight her. Yeah, she's, she's like, like <laughs> just throwing fists, like real housewife style. For real. I mean, like, uh, I don't know if it's like, get the fuck out of my house. Uh, yeah. She didn't, she didn't, my mom said she didn't feel threatened. It was just kind of like, I'm feeling these weird things that I shouldn't be feeling or something like that. Hmm. And I was in the room, room both times, but I didn't feel or see anything. So it was just a odd. Uh, interesting the ghost grabbing the brush is like i'll be the pretty one in this house (laughs) i just think of a scary movie three i think it is where it's the ring have you seen scary yeah the ring where she's like brushing her hair oh yeah (laughs) yeah oh my god perfect i think it's queen latifah punches her in the face or something (laughs) like that (laughs) she's getting water on your floor 
Oh my god, that's actually um, spooky though. Yeah, it was it was odd. Um, and then I I think we may have experienced more if we stayed longer, mm-hmm. but we were only there for a couple nights, so it wasn't like we were there long enough to really. My god, and get to, into to it, piss the but, ghost off. Right to the <laughs> point where she like the ghost is like, I'm here. You can see me. Let's take it outside. Physically manifesting, <laughs> taking yeah. off her earrings. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's the most recent paranormal fun shit that happens in my family all the time. So, oh my god. Um, See, I don't think... I feel like... I think I've said this in another podcast, but like I feel protected a little bit yeah, yeah. from like ghostly like things that would do me harm. Mm-hmm. And I know you said it's not like personal or like it didn't feel like it was aggressive or anything but i feel like i haven't sensed those things because i don't think i attract them i mean that's fair i don't know something like that i mean that's the thing is like we never know some people believe that like only certain people can tap into that oh that's true um others say like energy wise if if you have a certain energy you kind of repel them yeah but it's because I wear a lot of yellow, you know? That's it. It's so <laughs> bright. <laughs> That's all you need. Well, Ty Air, thank you so much for being here again. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you for having me again. You can follow Haunted Hometowns on social media for photos relating to each episode, guest info, and any other information you need. If you love what you hear, you may want to check out my brand new Patreon there are only a couple episodes right now, but there will be a new episode every last Friday of every month. So once a month. But yeah. If you'd like your paranormal experience right on the podcast, email me at hauntedhometownspodcast at gmail.com. Could be anything from being abducted by an alien that looks like your babysitter to an intruder in your house that doesn't leave any fingerprints. Let me know. And Tyre, where can they hear and follow you? Well, first of all, they should go to your Patreon. I'll send you some feet pics so that you can entice them even more. They'll be part of the live video that you and I post. We'll just like, right off the gate, it's your just bare feet walking through a cemetery. <laughs> yeah, my, my, the grass in my toes. Yes. Oh, that's literally so nasty. Okay. Um, you can find me on Instagram at for boys like me, F-O-R boys like me. Same thing on Twitter. I think on Facebook, too, I'll come up. Uh, Tyre on Spotify and Apple Music and wherever albums are sold. Absolutely. And join me next week when the Salem Witch Trials begin, because everyone loves a ghost story. As you just heard, the intro music is by Ty Air. Follow him on Instagram at for boys like me. That's F O R boys like me. The artist of the podcast is by Pepe Munoz. Follow him on Instagram at p.e.p.e.munoz. M U N O C. I got my information from Wikipedia, Victims of Homicide, Providentia, and Ghost City Tours. <laughs>